1: He who knew no sin became sin for us. He bore our curse. And that curse is the subject of our time today as we take a look at the crucifixion of Christ. Coming up next. Hi there, and welcome once again to Truth For Today. This week... We've been focusing on chapters 18 and 19 of the book of John, the trial of Jesus and the crucifixion, and the crucifixion uniquely and specifically as the curse of God, and why our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, needed to suffer the curse. Please join us as we continue our examination of John, chapter 19, verses 22 through 37. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast.
2: This is a rigged trial. This is a rigged crucifixion. The Jewish leaders hate him. They're against him. He's broken no civil law. He's not worthy of the death penalty in such a death. And so this argument gets going, and all of a sudden the one thief says, You know, Lord, I'm here because I deserve to be. But you know, I believe you are a king. And I believe you've got a kingdom. I'd like to make a request, dear king. What's that? When you come into your kingdom, not ruled by the Roman Empire, would you remember me? And Jesus said, I'll see you today in paradise. Never gave an offering. Never became a deacon. Never jumped through ten. Who He couldn't even fill out our doctrinal statement. Nobody can go to heaven that easy. Well, talk it over with him when you see him. I hope you make it. He's there. We'll look at why he's there later. So, he said, I'll let you go with me. And then, in John 19, Jesus looks down. Think of this. He's the most Self-forgetful person in all the universe. Uh, On the way to the cross, the daughters of Jerusalem are weeping and wailing. And he says, stop daughters, don't weep for me. Don't weep for me. Rather weep for what's coming in 70 AD when the Romans are going to come in and burn this city and it's going to crucify many of you. Don't weep for me. And then they're at the cross. You're on the cross only six hours. You look down and says, who's going to take care of my mother? And he makes arrangements for his mother for the rest of his life. John, the apostle, I want you to take my mom and take care of her the rest of her life. And John did. Behold your son. Behold your mother. And that day he formed a new union between Mary and Mary. And John, the beloved. Amazing. Now it comes at 12 o'clock noon. And when 12 o'clock noon comes, the sun is blotted out. It's as though God shed his garment and he darkened the universe. I don't want anyone to see what's going on now but me and the sun. This is between us. And I'm going to abandon him for a short period. And he cries out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. The mocker says, he's crying for Elijah. Eli, Eli, look at there. He wants Elijah to come. Didn't know he was saying Psalms 22.1. My God, my God, why are you forsaking me? Well, come back to it. After a while, in John, it says, as the afternoon began to wear on, he said, I am thirsty. So to quench his thirst, uh, they put a sponge to his mouth, and in that sponge was nothing but vinegar. Now, I like vinegar. You cannot eat corned beef and cabbage without vinegar. You can't eat cabbage without vinegar, Right? But if I'm thirsty, vinegar? How could vinegar ever quench that tart taste? It was a mockery. Put it up on a sponge. He's up two feet. There. And he gets a little in the mouth. No quenching. But he says, I'm I'm thirsty. And then after a while, he finally says these words, it is finished. And in John's narrative, it just says he dies. But, see, you have to go to Luke 23, where he says, in a loud voice, in a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Now, I want to just quickly, then let me tell you what, when he did that. At that time, when he said, I commit my spirit to you, the temple veil rent from top to bottom, the earthquake, rocks split and dead people came out of the graves. It said these same dead people for three days, I don't know where they hung out. But after three days, they went back into the city and showed people to them. I got resurrected the day he, got, he died. The graves even opened up to let me out. And said, this is the resurrection and the life you've just crucified. No wonder the soldiers, after this happened, the soldiers said, this is the Son of God. And one account said, this is a righteous man. And then they went around. Now get this, the Jews are very concerned that we keep a holy day. And when you're killing God, you've got to keep the rules. And so they go to Pilate. Oh, I know Pilate was exasperated. They said, Pilate... To honor our holy day that's coming up. Would you see that they are all killed before that day? What do you want? Go break their legs. And they did this to hasten death. So they go check them out. Both the soldiers. Or both these thieves. Get their legs. Can you imagine being on a cross. Now where did they break the legs? Here or here? How do you think they broke the legs? Come up and. No. They took a spear, a club, something heavy. Break your bone right there. Just like that femur bone being broken. Or your shin. Now I can't stand up. I've slumped over. I'll die quickly. They come to Christ. Hey, he's already died. Who does he think he is? And the soldier said, drove the spear in his side because Zechariah said, they shall look on him whom they pierced. This was to fulfill scripture. And when Jesus comes back again and he puts his feet on the Mount of Olives, those Jews that are in Jerusalem waiting for deliverance, they begin to wail as a mother wails the death of her firstborn son. And they look and they say, this is him who was pierced for us. Where did you get these wounds? They ask him. He said, I got them in the house of my friends. Seven things. Let's just quickly unpackage the seven words. One, forgive them. Did you know that the soldiers would never go to hell for crucifying the son? Because Jesus said right there that day, these soldiers dropped me in. And he said, Father, forgive these guys. Don't count this sin against them. They're carrying out orders for the Roman Empire. I do not want this to be in the list of their sins. So that very day, he expunged the sin of crucifying him to the soldiers. Was he thinking of others or of himself? Others. Others. Then, as he goes on, this thief, is he thinking of others or himself? This thief says, uh, uh, I believe you're the Son of God. Uh, what can I let me let me tell you about that thief and tell me about you? You and I are that thief on the cross. We deserve to die for our sins. God owes no one eternal life. We, if we went to hell forever, we've got what is coming. God said, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. If you don't want me, I've arranged a place where you will never be bothered by me. Hell is the absence of God. He will give you what you want. But there's three things that happened to that thief. One, he recognized he was guilty. Two, he recognized that Jesus was the son of God. And three, he believed in him. And you today, you know how you can know you're going to heaven? First, admit you're guilty. Admit, I am a sinner. I can never make heaven on my own. If I got the wrath of God, I would get my deserts. But two, I really do believe, Jesus, you are different. You're more than a philosopher. You're more, even demons are not atheists. No, no, demons know he's God. They tremble. You're a bigger idiot than a demon if you don't believe he exist. The fool has said in his heart, there's no God. Psalms 14.1. Oh fool, oh fool, oh fool. That you will perish and your own soul be destined on such stupidity. And the word for fool in the Hebrew is Nabal. It's the outrageous fool. You can't reason with him. Men go to hell stubbornly. I stubbornly refuse he says this day you'll be with me in paradise thoroughly woman here this man's going to take care of you then at noon when he says my God why have you forsaken me I am not adequate uh, to unpackage the depth of this meaning I know this my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? All I know of is when Israel confessed their sins over an animal, they would kill one animal and then they would confess their sins over what was known as the scapegoat. And the scapegoat was to go out into the wilderness, not to come back to the camp. It was supposed to be the land of uninhabited loneliness. Christ, I believe the cup he dreaded in Gethsemane was this moment. I can take the spit. I can take the clubs. I can take the hate. I just can't take the thought of me and the father. Losing a moment of face-to-face fellowship. And God says, if you become what they are, I'll have to treat you like they are. And if you become their sin... I will give the full measure of my wrath. And the ultimate measure is I will abandon you. And I will withdraw from you. And you will begin to scream according to Psalms 22. Like a wounded animal. And he begins to cry out so much they think he's calling for Elijah. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. And the answer would have been you Took the place of sinners. You took the place of Phil Howard. You took the place of all these sinners. And I will treat you as I tr- should treat them. But in six hours, you will pay what it would take them eternity and they never would be able to pay the debt. I will forsake him because he dared to be a substitute for us. And then he cries out, I am thirsty. I don't believe the thirst was simply water on the tongue. Thirst was used in the Psalms when he said, as the deer pants after the water, so pants my soul for God. After he says, why have you forsaken me? I think he utters the cry of cosmic thirst. I am thirsty for the living God. Not just water, a few drops here. There is something in the core of my being that I feel like a thirsty man wanting God and I'm in a wasteland. I want restoration of this fellowship. You'll hear people say, my soul is thirsting for God. I believe it's deeper than the physical. That in the core of his being, I thirst to get back. I thirst to get back. Quench this thirst in my being. Quench it. You see, it was the cry of a cosmic race. That the whole race is thirsting, but they don't know where to quench it. So they try sex, they try booze, they try relationships, they try money, they try things. They try, they try, they try, they try. And at the end of the day, he said, is your thirst quenched?" You say, no, 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 no. The emptiness, the void is still there. Augustine said, thou hast created us for thyself and we remain restless until we rest in thee. The thirst in your soul can't be quenched. You can't take enough coke. You can't do enough drugs. You can't have enough sex to fulfill the cosmic thirst in the core of your being. It's God. He's the only one that can fill the void. He's the only one. That's why we need to be evangelized He said, come to the water. Come to the river. We got something that will fill you to overflowing. And you'll stay on a high until you go to heaven. And you'll surely be high. And you don't come down. And there's no regrets. I don't know what I did when I was drunk last night. Well, in this high, you know what you're doing. You're basking in the living God who quenches your thirst. I have a God that quenches my thirst. I see people dabbling in this. You're dabbling in that. Say, Jesus isn't enough for you, is he? He said, if you eat this bread, you will never hunger again. Why in the world are you still dabbling in sin if you're eating on the bread? It either quenches or he's a liar. And you're the liar. Not him. You come to me. You drink of me. Receive eternal life. I'll put a river in you that springs up into eternal life. And here's the river of life saying, I'm thirsty. Because I'm experiencing what it's like to be separated from God. And there's a cosmic thirst in me that only the living God can fill. And I'm separated. I'm separated. And you're separated from God until you come. And you say, I want to drink of this water. I want this water. Quench the longing in my soul. And I don't know where to fill it. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He fills. Has he quenched your thirst for meaning and reality and purpose? Do you know? If you don't, I doubt you know him. You just got a religious itch. You don't want a niche. You want a person. You want Jesus. He quenches. I thirst. Then he goes on. And he says, it is finished. I don't have time to develop this very much. But let me say this. Hear me. Get this. Okay, now here. Are you listening? He said, it is finished. He did not say, I am finished. A big difference. You can't finish him off. You you can't finish. It is finished. Now what is the it? That's the question. The it is, number one, scriptures have all been fulfilled that prophesied what Messiah would do. I fulfilled it all. It is finished. Number two, everything, every lamb slain from the lamb of Abel on that said there's somebody coming that's going to bruise the head of the serpent. There's somebody that's going to take away the sin of the world. There's a lamb coming. There's a lamb coming. And write the book of Hebrews. There'll be no more lambs. There'll be no more turtle doves. There'll be no more animal sacrifices. No more you dig a priesthood, no more law, it's all been done, it's finished, it's paid, it's clear, I covered the debt. Oh, I wish some of you got happy enough you could kind of just breathe heavy, just say, hey, this is how you get to heaven, honey, this is true. I'm not trusting burning incense and lighting candles, I'm trusting Christ who said it is finished. It's paid in full. Let me, let me tell you something about this word, it is finished. It was an accountant's term, and it was used of IOUs. And so that you would write, you know, you got a debt, and they would put it, they'd write it all out, and at the bottom you put your signature. Finally, you get the money. You paid it, and you come to the guy, and you count out the money. When you paid it, they would write this Greek word that he said on the cross, tetelestai, T-E-T-E-L-E-S-T-A-I. Tetelestai, you text should have got that. Uh, and it was a perfect tense. It is finished with abiding results that it is completely paid for. And the idea was it's paid in full. And so that when you went to the guy, he'd say, your I.O., Paid in for. You don't owe me anymore. Now, guess what? When you went to jail in the Roman Empire, they would have a list of your crimes by your cell block. And on the day you got released, you know what they'd often do? They would take the whole list of your crimes. And when you would paid your time, they wrote at the bottom when they released you, Ted So you showed up in the neighborhood. and They said, what are you doing here, man? I thought you were serving time. Tetelestai. Paid in full. Paid in full. Guess what? Paul told the Colossians, when Jesus went to the cross, he picked up a handbill of ordinances of all that we'd broken every rule. He picked it up and he says, "Father, let's take it to the cross." And at the cross, they nailed it on the cross. And when he had suffered long enough, he said, "It's paid in full. Paid in full." I'm going to heaven because it's paid in full. Everything. Devil, don't accuse me. Go to the cross. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. Don't put me under a bunch of church rules and religious rules. I've gone to the cross. And he said it is paid in full. I'm going to heaven because of the cross. Not some church constitution. It is paid in full. And then, because i got to stop somewhere. How do you stop? I don't want to stop. Too bad. Let the game stop. This isn't to stop. We're going to talk about this for eternity. We're going to be celebrating the lamb that was slain. Not the lamb that landed there. Well, okay. It wasn't a a nice lamb. A slain lamb is what you're going to see in heaven. A slain lamb. You don't like blood religion. You don't like Christ. He's the slain lamb. I didn't get to heaven in a fire sale. I got to heaven because God died like a criminal. In my place, in my place he stood. Then it says in Luke, it doesn't record in the other place. He finally said, you know what? I, since I paid the debt, I've been here long enough. And he, uh, he says he cries with a loud voice. And he cries out, he says, uh, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And when you read the narrative in Luke, here's interesting. Crucified men did not cry out loud because they died of exhaustion, weakness, but Luke says, the physician he cried with a strong cry, Father I, I, I paid it, I want to tell my spirit to do something that no man can do every person in ICU wishes they had this power he just looked at his spirit and said uh, spirit, we, we, we paid the debt we fulfilled scripture, the will of God's been, uh, hey you spirit I dismiss you, goodbye And he died. Because he said in John 10, none of you can take my life. Roman Empire can't take it. Death can't take it. Pilate can't take it. I lay down my life. I tell myself when to die. I will rise. He dismissed his spirit. I wish I could get a patent on it. So that every sick, person, every folks in an old folks home that don't want to live anymore, who just say one day I want to have breakfast and at the end of breakfast say, honey are you ready to die? Let's get out of this misery. We've run out of money. We can't stay in this home much longer and we know we're going to die anyway. Listen here. Spirit see you. And then you wind up in heaven. And you don't do it by taking an overdose. You just say, see you spirit. He's the only man that ever died that way. Now, next week, we're going to start looking at what he accomplished in his death.
1: And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available. Again, they're at truthfortodayradio.org.